Welcome, everyone, to Here in Puckburg, your place for the daring do-bad and good puck tales. I am your host, Shaggy Von Doom, with another episode of Puck Tales. Woo-woo! And the you-know-who on the other end of the woo-hoo. It's none other than my good friend, Justin MC, baseball and whatever podcast, a fellow overblutter. We might get into that later. Um, It's crazy how our two worlds are kind of... Uh, synced up here but he wanted to come on and talk some hockey so absolutely here in puckberg is the place to do it so justin thank you so much for coming on no thanks for having me man yeah any anytime uh i can talk hockey granted our podcast is baseball focused in pop culture but uh hockey has always been my number one love from i think second grade maybe first grade so yeah as soon as i saw the call for hockey stories i had to get in on this because uh you know I couldn't. Uh, I can't find anyone else to talk hockey with, so I, I got to find somebody to talk with. So, well, the, you found the place, and it's ironic. Like your your podcast, baseball, whatever, on the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network, mm-hmm. you uh, talk baseball and pop culture, and it's funny how hockey and pop culture kind of run together. Especially like, well, you had Slapshot, and that kind of ran with it, and then the '90s, you had like the Mighty Ducks movies, oh, yeah. and now it's Letterkenny. Yes. Yeah, Letterkenny, I did not find until, gosh, I want to say it was like the very start of the pandemic. I think they started putting it on Hulu, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe it was on Hulu the whole time and I just never noticed. But I binge watched that whole series on on Hulu in probably like a month or so, mm-hmm. um, you know, running on the treadmill and working out. And I still got to work my way through the last season. I, or maybe I did finish it, but I know they is that they have a new miniseries with Shorzy that I got to get yes. caught up on. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's a pretty accurate representation of the times i've played in men's league and things there's some really shady individuals you know that hang around the rink and uh they do a great job um you know broadcasting that out there for everyone to see so but yeah yeah it's it's like funny because like your podcast is baseball whatever and that's another sport that has had that same kind of synergy with pop culture with like bull durham Mm -hmm. relating to like the stories of like minor leagues and even if you're a fan going to your local minor league team like you can relate like the same thing that resonates in Slapshot. You're like, oh, I totally know who they're talking about here because that's in my arena. Oh, like, yeah. I, I yeah. see these players. I see these antics like I know this. And well, like, yeah. And, and, and then you like you look at Mighty Ducks and like growing up playing ice hockey as a kid in grade school. I'm like, yeah, this this was our team of misfits that, you know, you had the kids that couldn't skate. You had the kids that couldn't stop. You had the kids that couldn't shoot. Uh, I still I'm 35. I still have a horrible slap shot. I only have a wrister. Uh, and I, maybe that's just because that that might be a reason why we're sitting here talking hockey and I'm not, you know, at the draft or anything like that right now. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy how all that kind of brings everything together and propels you to, to enjoy a, a certain hobby or sport for sure. And that's it. like right when Mighty Ducks was coming out, like Sandlot was also they were hot. So same kind of like demographics and like I don't think there's a Letterkenny equivalent for the nowadays baseball fan. No, I don't. I mean, the the only thing I could think of, uh, um, there was a show. I don't even know if it's still on. It had Hank Azaria 
and it was him calling baseball games for a minor league team, and he was oh. working his way up. I can't remember what. The, oh, uh, it, uh, Brockmire. Yes, I think I caught like two or three episodes, and I was like, ah, you know, I see what they're going for, but it just didn't hook me. But that, like, that's probably the closest thing I can think of. Eastbound and Down. That's another one I've heard great things that I've never watched it. Um, Absolutely hilarious. Okay, I need to get in on that then for sure. But yeah, it's 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 crazy like that you know you I think in those those two shows in particular both Eastbound and Down I've heard a lot of good things about and Letterkenny you have people who don't even really care about those sports but they enjoy the shows just because they mm-hmm. kind of can really reach a broad audience and uh, do a nice job doing it. So and like and it's funny like. I keep drawing the parallels between baseball and hockey and we've had a writer for belly up sports, Graham Wallace on here. And Mm -hmm. we talked about kind of the same things. Like there's nothing like going to the rink. Like we could talk about like your hockey, like that's your Zen place. Like it doesn't have to be, it could be 10 people, Mm -hmm. 10,000 people. If you're in a rink and there's a hockey game being played, if they're being paid for it or not, there's hockey being played. Just being there is like your source of Zen. And you get that same sense from baseball supporting your minor league team. Mm-hmm. Like even if you're going to watch like your kids play, yeah. like just being at the park and enjoying that, like it's your sense of Zen. And like, where, where did your story start with hockey? Where is, how did it become your place of Zen? So yeah, uh, that's a, that's a great question. That's we're we're unpeeling the onion here. Um, so yeah. So honestly I had a, I had an NES growing up. It was my parents NES and my dad uh, played ice hockey growing up. Uh, and sort of my uncle and my my grandfather was their coach. And, you know, there's this story of my grandfather was the only one in the league that coached and couldn't skate. And, you know, that legend grew and grew as he got older. But uh, so I had I remember my dad bought the original Nintendo. I think it was just called ice hockey where you got like mm-hmm. the four guys and you had like the skinny guy, the, the short guy and then the fat guy. And you had to build your team. And I played a little bit of that, but I was, you know, really young. This would have been the late 80s, early 90s. And then I remember every Friday we'd go to Blockbuster, and if I did good in school, I could rent a game. And NBA Jam was huge, and that got me into basketball to a certain extent, and RBI 94 uh, Mm -hmm. got me into baseball. But it was NHL 94. I remember renting that on a whim because I'm like, oh, well, you know, I'll, I'll try this. I like the other sports games. And I just was insanely obsessed with that game. I, I still could tell you, like, the rosters of those players and, you know, uh, how to do a backhand and get an automatic goal every time. And and that kind of taught me the rules of the game and kind of put hockey on my radar. And I remember my parents would, you know, sit down and play the game with me, and, and they got into it too. And then I remember um, we were watching TV, probably like our local Chicago sports. I think I think it was just called Sports Channel back then. It was before Fox Sports came in and mm-hmm. kind of bought bought some of the uh, regional sports networks. And they had it was Blackhawks and Red Wings, and it was during the '94 lockout, '95 lockout. I'm sorry, yeah. there there's so many of them, it's hard to keep track nowadays. <laughs> one uh, of those lockout. One years. of those Gary Bettman uh, provided lockouts, but. Um, yeah, and they were replaying some Hawks and Red Wings game, and I was just like, "Oh wait, this isn't just a game like a, a Sega Genesis game. Like this is a real yeah. thing." And I was like enthralled. And then like the next week, I told my parents, "I'm like, well, I want to learn how to skate." So they enrolled me in skating classes. Thankfully, our town we were in the south suburbs of Chicago. We were big enough. We had a local rink like two miles from where I grew up. Learn went to learn to skate classes, and then went to like learn to play hockey classes. This would have been like maybe I was in first grade. I was probably like six. Um, and I got really into it and it's crazy because it lasted, I got really into it for about three or four years and then I kind of got burnt out. Like I Mm -hmm. I was like, I needed to change. Then I switched to little league and I played baseball through almost up till high school. 
And then once I got to high school again, I was like, you know what? I really miss hockey. That was my calling. Um, and it, it kind of corresponded to that's when the Hawks really took a nosedive. They were yeah. god awful. So yeah. I kind of lost interest a little bit. And then high school, I picked it back up. And by that time, I wasn't good enough, you know, to play competitively. So I started playing in men's leagues and stuff. And, and I had been doing that up until um, like a year and a half ago. I was still playing in men's leagues. And, uh, and, and at one point, we had my dad on a men's league team. We had my sister on a men's league team. So, like, we had our own family line. That's awesome. Um, and, and so, yeah, I mean, that we're going on, I mean, almost 30 years of just loving hockey. But, yeah, the Sega and um, watching some old – 94 95 lockout game is what really got me going into it so and it it had nothing to do with jeremy ronick being a cheat code in nhl 94 no uh you know he is so good he makes heads bleed but um (laughs) no i did not realize that until i got to probably college was the first time i saw the movie swingers and like that whole notion of him being like this legend was totally lost on me because i wasn't old enough at the time um, but yeah, you know, making Gretzky's head bleed and, you know, the LA Kings, I used to always play as them too, just cause yeah. I mean, it's Gretzky, you know, I, yeah. I, there's nothing else to say about that, but, um, yeah, that game, that is a game. I still have like one of those little retro pies that has all the ROMs on it. You know, I still will go back and play that game to this day. So I, ironically enough that NES ice hockey game you're talking about is available on the switch online mm-hmm. NES collection, the, yes, um, NHL 94, in NHL 21, they had the NHL 94 Rewind. I bought it, 21 just for that. That was the it's whole a re- really good mode. Yeah, yeah. And before I started like podcasting and like doing here in Puckburg and mm-hmm. what I do with Lockdown Avalanche, I was a Twitch streamer. And during okay. the playoffs uh, two years ago, I would take every series that were going on in the playoffs and play them in NHL oh, yeah. 94 Rewind. For sure. So yeah. it was like and. It's funny you say like your love for the game started with a video game. Mm-hmm. It's the same story for me. It was the SNES Stanley Cup game. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I uh, would keep track of the stats because all that game would give you the player numbers. Mm-hmm. So I would I had like the old computer paper with you had to tear off the sides, and I would keep track of the stats of my seasons. And I was the Mighty Ducks then because the Avalanche were weren't a thing. They were still the Nordiques, yeah. And you there was like this game bug in the game where you could take your player to center ice and you would press the x button which is the dump the puck button Mm -hmm. and it would soar over the goalie's head every time and i would win games like 60 to nothing oh yeah yeah and i just thought i was the coolest thing in the world so it's crazy that your your love for the game of hockey got founded in um a video game and mine was only bolstered because i grew up in birmingham alabama Mm -hmm. and we did not have hockey that you didn't go to the sure. rink to have learned to play so you i fell in love with the avalanche on tv because they mm-hmm. were like rock stars oh yeah and then, yeah like the way i supplemented that love was video games and it carried all the way through my life like that was my yearly purchase was the new nhl game yeah that's uh that is a series like i i i don't get to play anymore i don't i shouldn't say i don't get to play anymore because that's a that's not true that's a lie i don't get to play as much right now i have a nine-month-old baby uh daughter upstairs right now uh, so my gaming time has greatly reduced, mm. uh, and dad time has taken over, but yeah, I'd say, God, I, this is pro- I don't know if this is a good thing to admit, but I'd say probably from like NHL 2003 till about, I don't know, NHL 21, I probably bought every single hockey game. And now I kind of go back and forth. I'm like, oh, they're not really changing that much. You know, I have the old games. I could just go back and play that. I don't have as much time and I kind of him and haw, but, uh, 
Yeah, that uh, for the longest time, and I'm I'm sure the guys that I played hockey with got so tired of me because every year I'd be like, I just wish they would re-release NHL '94 with current rosters and online play, which that that new mode did not have online play, nope, which was such a not. bummer. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, and then when they finally did it, and I want to say like you had to buy like a special edition of the game to get that, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yes, and it, it was like six months six months after the release. They yes, were, it was like a ten dollar add on. Yep, so I was just like. Yeah, and once I saw the price drop, and then I think I think it was like I think I bought NHL twenty one for like fifteen bucks, and then the ten dollar add on. I'm like, oh, I'm I'm making bank on this. Like I yeah. know I will put in twenty five dollars worth into this. So, yeah, that I'd say that, and then you know what you were talking about earlier with with the pop culture. Uh, Mighty Ducks came out in ninety two. I was five six years old, right around the same time, and I, I still remember going to see that with my mom and dad. We went to uh, for anybody li- that lives in Chicago, Ford City, which. Uh, it was a huge movie theater complex. You don't really want to drive there now. It's a little, it's a little mm. bit rough now, unfortunately. But um, I still remember going there and seeing the movie and just being like, "Holy cow!" Like this, yes. And in in those are movies. Mighty Ducks one. I've kind of has recently reclaimed my number one spot for the longest time. D two was my number one. I I love that jersey. I I have a I have a uh, the the eggplant uh, Mighty Ducks uh, jersey somewhere around here, but um. Yeah, so D2 was my favorite for the longest time, and then I, I kind of have a, a better appreciation now for D1 being an adult yeah. now and, and all that. But uh, D3, could mm. never really get on board. Never that That is, oddly enough, that is my wife's favorite one. Um, Interesting. And, yeah, I, you know, she's not perfect, That, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, and then, you know, and then I thought it was kind of cool. Obviously, the, the Disney Plus series came out, was yeah. it last year? And it was okay, and, and I have a, you know... Uh, somebody was trying to explain this to me. I uh, I had not seen the Goonies until probably about five years ago. So when I saw mm. the Goonies for the first time, I'm like, that was fine. It was okay. Yeah. But I don't have that like childhood love for it like other people my age or our age. And so I kind of equate that to like if I showed the Mighty Ducks to somebody who was in their early 30s, they'd probably like, okay, it's fine. It's kind of yeah. cheesy and silly. But but yeah, that movie, I could still sit down and watch that. And granted, like I said, my daughter's nine months old. I've already tried to get her to sit in front of the TV and watch that. Uh, it, it has not been successful yet, but uh, she, you know, she's got other things to do, like crawl around the house. But uh, but yeah, th- th- that and the games and then, you know, the learn to skate stuff really got me going for sure. I've, I'll, I'll go ahead and break it for you, man. I have a 10 and an eight-year-old and I tried to sit my eight-year-old down, which was about the same time that D won when I watched that for the first time, sure. I was like, you're going to love this movie. It's hockey. What's not to love. Mm-hmm. She, it did not resonate with her. And I, she was just like, is this over yet? And I was just like, <laughs> oh! <laughs> no, no, yeah. this is a blessed movie. Like I have like all the McDonald's toys. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I remember those. Yeah. They're all, yep. those are like, that's awesome. Like it's, it's a big part. And like, it, we, it's something we gravitated to because this was also a time before you had, now you can't escape from coverage of any sport. Like you no. can find literally, like if you want UFC, it's right there. Yeah, right? yeah. It such it's a at your fingertips. Niche, it was a niche sport for so long, and now it's everywhere. It's mainstream. It's in the commercials of our hockey games. Yeah. Like, yeah. We had to like scratch and claw for every bit of information. Like, like growing up as an Avalanche fan, you got kind of spoiled. Like you heard about Forsberg, Sackick, and Wall, mm-hmm. but like you would hear of everyone else just in a blip because you didn't get covered that much on sports center so you were just starving for everything and you would go i know for a lot of the younger listeners this is kind of crazy but you would (laughs) go to the store and get a magazine and you would get the stats and like the almanacs and 
like see who tracked this year yep. and you would you would get those uh write in fan letters to your favorite team hoping they would send you something back yeah. like yeah like that's we had to we had to really latch on to anything we could get for our fandom Oh yeah, like I I still remember my parents like begging my parents enough because it felt like all the hockey games on ESPN were always on like ESPN two. At least two. that's as a kid. The black that's what and it, blue and yes, purple. Yeah, the really strange like '90s font that yep. didn't match with anything else. And I remember I I you know begged my parents. I'm like, hey, can we you know and this is like coming from a seven year old. Can we please up our cable subscription? And I'm sure back then it was an arm and a leg. And they're finally they're like, fine, you know. So we did it and getting like the 30 minutes of NHL tonight that I would yeah. like record on VHS because I wasn't yep. going to be allowed to stay up that late to watch it. And, and in Chicago, too, that it was a really tough time because unfortunately, this was when the original or Bill Wirtz Sr. was still in. Mm-hmm. No, I shouldn't say Bill Wirtz Sr., but Bill Wirtz was in charge mm-hmm. and the home games weren't televised. So, like, I remember getting to stay up. It was like a special deal when they were on a road trip to stay up and watch the games. And if it was a West coast, you know, like the, the infamous like circus trip when the, uh, the circus was at the United center every year. Um, and they were playing, you know, the ducks or the sharks, like it was either recorded on VHS or I'd have to see the highlights the next day. Cause I wasn't going to be able to stay up till, you know, nine o'clock, uh, central time, you know, and, and wait for the game. So yeah, it, it was few and far between or like being uh, subscribed to like Sports Illustrated for kids and there'd be like yep. maybe one ho- hockey story a month, you know, if you're yep. lucky. So, yeah, it's 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 crazy how much that has evolved now and you're like over inundated with stuff now, you know. I, re- I remember growing up thinking like every household in Canada could watch hockey whenever mm-hmm. they wanted. And then I like in my poor young adolescent mind, I thought every bar in Boston, Chicago, like every town that had a team had like their bars that's all they showed was hockey and all i kept thinking and telling myself when i turned 21 i'm going to go to a bar and watch hockey yeah that's just that's just how i thought of it because that was the only way you were going to watch every hockey game was go to these sacred places well in in like for for me being you know diehard hawks fan and then you know i kind of have a couple other teams i follow from afar especially you know in the when i was in high school the hawks were god awful in the early 2000s but it, it really was like that i remember there was a couple of like local pizza places we would go to you know for dinner sometimes and they would have like the big pull down screens for the bulls yep. were winning championships championships at that time and the hawks were decent they had Rome and Chelios and um you know Savard came back from the lightning and and you know Eddie Belfour and Jeff Hackett and stuff like that and it was it was they were fairly comparable in terms of like scope obviously they weren't the the 90s bulls because that like was a craze amongst the city but as soon as that like 90s run kind of faded like 98 99 you couldn't find hawk stuff and it was like the team didn't exist. Like I remember mm. my 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 hockey friends and I like we'd be you know playing hockey at like the local rink and you know we'd walk outside and we'd try and find someone like hey you know what the Blackhawks are and there would be people that didn't know Chicago had a hockey team like it was it was mm. a train wreck and then you know thankfully uh, you know Kane and Taves kind of fell into our lap which it seems like an eternity ago now and then we had this crazy run and it was amazing like hockey was always just kind of just below the surface in Chicago and then it just erupted into this crazy upswing. And now I don't know. I don't know if a lot of these fans are going to hang around for the next rebuild. I mean, I'm a sucker. I'll be there no matter what. Uh, hopefully yeah. tickets will go down a little bit, but we'll see. But yeah, it's <laughs> it's crazy. Um, yeah, there was a period of time when I thought like, man, hockey's going to be everywhere. And then it, it died really quick here for a while. So yeah, and it's it's crazy now. Like you can watch, I can watch Hawks games yeah. here. I'm now in Northeast Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. If I wanted to watch a Hawks game, I will turn it on. If I yeah. wanted to watch a Rangers game on the whim it's blacked out but I could find ways to watch oh yeah the Hawks game yeah like technology has 
made it so much easier to be a hockey fan. So mm -hmm. it's nice to see it get this resurgence. And like we could be those guys back in my day. You yeah. had to like, because yeah. we we totally have justifiable stories where it was not that easy to be a fan. No, no. And like I remember in college one year I saved up. I had a part-time job and I I um I saved up for I think it was Center Ice and mm -hmm. oh my god, that was so expensive, especially for yeah. as a college kid. And then after one year I'm like, forget it. I you know, because I am also a pretty big Maple Leafs fan. Um mm -hmm. I follow them from they're like my Eastern Conference team. So I watch a lot of those games, or I was, and then, you know, with ESPN Plus and Hulu and the Disney bundle, I'm like, oh, I can, sw I mean, we already have Disney and Hulu, like, I can swing that, that's fine. So, like, yeah. being able to watch, uh, you know, Maple Leaf games, and, and I'm, I also love watching the Kings games at night, yeah. Um, and then, obviously, I remember I had an Avs jersey as a kid, so I have a special place for the Avs, too, and now that they're, you know, Stanley Cup champs, I, uh, I was pulling for them the whole way, so, but yeah. That never gets old. That no, gets no, old. I bet, I bet. And I... Uh, ironically enough, we refer to it as uh, our mistress team. Mm -hmm. My mistress team in the East is the New Jersey Devils. Okay. So, like that nice. 01 Cup was really where, like, that it was cemented. I'm going to be a hockey fan till the day I die. Yeah. And, like, Avalanche versus Devils, like, it got, there was no better way. You could, mm -hmm. and seven games, like, it's what you wanted. Ray Bork, like, it was just for me like everything just bubbled up in that moment. And then when the abs won the cup, it was, this is the greatest sport I've ever seen. Yep. What? And like being in Alabama, uh, it was like almost like going house to house say, have you heard the good news? Like, <laughs> it's like, do you, do you not understand how great this sport is? Let me tell you about it. And then turn around, like they're locked out in just a couple of years. And yeah. then it's, 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 it's been a difficult sport to like, be around and ironically enough like our love for video games like even when there wasn't a year you could pretend yeah like the video games it's it along with like the movies and the the tv shows and the culture they just kind of went hand in hand our entire life and ironically enough it's kind of how we found each other because we also like are in a, the same like video game group yeah yeah and that's like super niche it's like i don't know how that happened but I no. saw you guys post something. I was like, I know those guys. Yeah. So yeah, we are, we are unfortunately unabashed. We try and plug our stuff wherever we can. So whenever we have like a, a video game topic on our podcast, I'm like, well, you know, the game informer overblood super replay group, um, you know, we're going to plug our stuff there. And thankfully they haven't deleted any of our stuff. We've yeah. gone to other groups, uh, that we try and plug some stuff and they don't like it as much, but, uh, they've been very kind and, and we've got a couple listeners that tune in every week. And it's like, you know, that that's, that's probably the coolest thing about this whole podcasting thing. And, and also just to, you know, finding, you know, these niche groups that, that celebrate the same things you do is like, we, we've been able to interview some like pro athletes and, you know, uh, directors and other podcasters and, and writers. And it's like, you know, prior to us starting this goofy podcast, we would have never met any of those people. Yep. I mean, I wouldn't have, obviously we wouldn't have found each other and, and it wouldn't be having this interview discussion right now. It's like, it's amazing how many people are out there that just like to have discussions about what you're into, you know? And it's, it's just so, it's so crazy. And we're, I know myself and my two brother-in-laws that we, I do the show with where it's just, it's been a lot of fun. It's been really, really exciting and really, really cool. Yeah. It's almost like we're kind of, we're telling our, like our, our stories of like, what we had to go through, like yeah. all of that stuff. Like, it's like, you know, I remember I had to do this and it's like, yeah, I had to do this. And that's, you kind of bond. There's like a kinship there. Yes. And that's how like 
fandom has turned into it's like mm -hmm. a kinship like you've endured all this and like especially like everything like the hawks have been going through yep. like if you find somebody else with a hawk shirt on you're like oh yeah i got you man I, we're, we're good we got, yeah we're, yeah we got this yeah it's and, and especially the hawks too i mean it's there has not been a lot to chair about for quite a few years and namely all the, you know, the scandal and investigation stuff and Rocky words constantly putting his foot in his mouth. And, and then it's kind of nice though, like to talk to someone else and be like, yes, you know, you, you get like, okay, obviously there's, there's, there's the excitement of just being at the games that you enjoy. Like there's a few friends I have from college that like, they were not hockey fans at all. They knew the team mm -hmm. existed, but didn't care. And when I was in college, the tickets were, it was $15 for a 300 level seat. And if you brought your college ID, it bumped it down to $8. Whoa. So we, we would literally nothing to do on Friday or Saturday night, or heck, if we had a late, a late class the next morning, it's like, all right, we're going to drive down to the United center. We'll go to the game, bring your ID. It's $8. And at that point, the 300 level was always empty because nobody went to the games because they were so bad that yeah. if, if I'm not mistaken, uh, like if there were sections where nobody was in, they would just turn the lights off in that section. So it didn't look like there was anybody there. Um, mm. And then obviously we would try and move down. You couldn't really get too gutsy because, you know, you look like a poor college kid. So they kind of, you know, get you out of the 200 level and the 100 level pretty quick. But um, yeah, like I, I still remember I brought my, my one good friend that I met in college. Um, he became my best man at my wedding too. That's how, how good of friends we became. But I brought him to a game. It was the Hawks and the Dallas stars. Um, and I kept apologizing because it was zero, zero to after regulation, after three periods, oh, like, me personally, like as a, is a hockey fan and hockey player. Like I appreciate you love it. it. I love it yeah. because it's like, it's so tense, but like someone yeah. who's new, Oh, that's boring as hell. Like why, you know, yeah. granted he only paid $8 and I think he got a plate of nacho. So it wasn't that bad of an investment for him. But then we got to overtime and it was Jason Williams, former Detroit Red Wing. I think this was either his second or first stint with the Hawks. He not that great, but at the time he was one of the better Hawks players because they didn't have many people and he scored an overtime winning goal in that stadium. Granted, there was probably like 6,000 people in the entire stadium. They went absolutely nuts. And my yeah. buddy turns to me, he's like, this is the coolest thing ever. And I'm yeah. like, okay, I got you. I'm like, now imagine yeah. if they score like six goals in a game instead of just one in overtime, like you kind of see where, where we're going with this. But yeah, like yeah. it, there's something about being in person that, uh, you know, as I've gotten older, it's a pain to get downtown Chicago with traffic and everything. But like, Man, it, it's such it's it's probably the one sport that I would enjoy being there more in person than watching yeah. on TV for sure. So what's what's your favorite thing to get at the United to eat? Oh, uh, I'm a sucker for the nachos with jalapenos. Um, as I've gotten older, it's it's kind of a dangerous game because yeah, it's just it's, nachos. It's, it's a 45 minute drive home to an hour minute hour drive home back from uh, downtown Chicago. But uh that's pretty good. They used to have like an ice cream churro as well, which was pretty Whoa. good. Yeah, yeah, they were pretty good. Uh, I remember one time um, my friend uh, that actually uh, a good friend of mine played ice hockey with him too, an inline hockey friend of a friend through family. Um, they knew somebody that worked for the Hawks organization. He was actually their massage therapist and he would get them 200 level tickets. So yeah. that was the like one and only time I've ever sat in the 200 level. But I remember getting there. And there's all these little cards and I'm like, what are these for? And they're like, oh, this is when you write what you want. And you, you know, you don't have to get up and use your own legs to get the food. Someone will bring it to you and you just give them the money. And I'm like, okay, you know, I, I'm uh, <laughs> paying $8 for my tickets up in the nosebleeds. Like, okay, like I'm going to splurge a little now, but um, yeah, the, the nachos are definitely my go-to whenever I go to a Hawks game. Yeah. And I love, like, I'm, we're about the same age. I love that when you go to get nachos with jalapenos, you do that weird little, like, 
side to side where you're like mentally evaluating is this something i can handle yeah i'm not a 20 something anymore this could end badly for me yeah you're like uh, no not tonight i don't nope. think i want to do it yeah. no no it's, it's it yeah being being i don't know how you felt but i felt like after i hit 30 i was still playing in a men's league and I would be fine for, for inline. I never was sore. I don't know if it was just not as bad on the knees, you know, with the wheels and everything. But once I went back to playing ice for a while, I would feel great the day of the game we played on Sunday nights. And then Monday till about Thursday, I was so sore. And it wasn't yeah. even a checking league, but unfortunately people are colliding on ac- <laughs> accidental checks and stuff like that. But And then by Friday, Saturday, I wouldn't be sore anymore. And then the next game would be Sunday. And then I'd be sore again the whole week. And then trying to go to work and be like, why are are you moving so slow? It's like, uh, I have a problem. I play hockey on Sundays. So you wake up and you do your checklist. You like open your eyes and you're mentally evaluating what's hurting and what you're going to be favoring for the rest of the day. It's like, why do I still do this to myself? Oh, yeah, because I'm a moron that likes hockey. Yes, that's why. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's a good thing. Like the avalanche were in the spot that the Chicago Blackhawks are sitting in now. Right. Um, not, to, not to the extents of everything going on, like off the ice. Sure. Like every team has to go through a rebuild rebuild. There's not a perennial every year. Like right. this is your good team. And this is one of those uh, good friend of the show, uh, Beth, uh, Beth. She yes. is a uh, editor in chief over there. Belly up. Yep. Um, she's, she's also been on here in Puckburg told her story and she was talking about, uh, post draft like mm-hmm. w- what do you do as the hawks and i'm just like this is where you refine your fandom like mm-hmm. you fall in love with the new era of chicago yeah like this is it's it's rough to say goodbye to the kane Taze era like duncan keith like as a time of the recording just announced his retirement today yep yep like the household names like it was rough to say goodbye to joe sackick sure well, now he's now he's our general manager right uh, putting us right back to where we were um for hawks fans like yes it's rough to say goodbye but it's also exciting to see that you have a leg up on the future compared Mm -hmm. to guess what as as big of a colorado avalanche fan than i am this window is going to close oh yeah then we're going to be looking up oh i wish we could have built like chicago yep and that's that's what has kept this game so fresh and entertaining for a hundred years it's the ebbs and flows and the gems and joes that get us like through hockey and like, I'm low-key excited for what Chicago can build because, honestly, you guys are looking at a blank slate. Oh, it's – it's the future is wide open, I feel like, at this point. The the only move so far that – I wouldn't even say I've questioned because I kind of made peace with it prior to it happening. And I'll be curious, obviously, you know, being being an Avalanche fan, what your take on it is, is, you know, Alex Dabrinkit, I think he's 24, mm-hmm. 25. He gets moved, you know – Personally, do I think they got enough? I don't know. I would have liked to have seen maybe like one of Ottawa's prospects come back because I know they're they're kind of prospect heavy and some of them are decent, so to speak. But I just keep thinking, like, wait, say he's 24 or 25. Now, granted, you don't know if you can re-sign him, but if you can, you know, if this rebuild takes two, three seasons, he's still in the prime of his career when you're ready to build back up and be a contender again. Like, that's the only move so far that has me kind of like, ah, I don't know. I mean... It's over and done with, and like you said, it's a clean slate, and, and to a certain extent, I think, like you said, this kind of opens the doors to, like, hey, the Kane and Taves era was incredible, but let's be realistic, it it's time to move on. Like, rip yeah. that Band-Aid, and, and Taves, personally, I appreciate everything he did for the team and the organization. I feel like the Chicago media and Chicago fan base, I wouldn't say they've turned on him yet, but, like, there's a little bit of, like, 
okay, you're getting paid just as much as Kane. You don't do nearly as much. Granted, I know he's a two-way player, and that's a bigger focus when you're skating back, but it's like, you've been injured. You don't really produce as much. Um, so like, I, I, I'm okay with him going, Kane will be hard just because I'm, I still remember like the year he got drafted was Oh seven, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and that I was like a sophomore in college, like, Oh man, I, this, you know, I'm living life, enjoying life. Yeah. And now it's like, Oh God, now I'm sitting here, you know, he's almost my age. He's going to be <laughs> retiring in the next five, six years, probably who knows, or maybe he'll play forever. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I, I think you're spot on in terms of just like, the, the the next wave is here because you you you're tapped out. There's no more you can do with this roster. So, and when it comes to like the moves like to bring it, yeah. Um, with the scale of rebuild that Chicago's about to go through, you don't build around good. Yeah, it's got to build be sp- around. Yeah, yeah, you got to build around great. Yeah, um, you're only holding to bring it back and holding Chicago That's back true. if you if you are uh, trying to build around to bring it. It's a little unfair to him actually. Yeah. Um, like, yeah. go on, go try and find somewhere else. We're building something better, like much more. Di- now, this is where you have to put faith in a GM. And that's yeah. where that's where Avalanche fans have got lucky mm-hmm. because Joe Sackett, he was he's been in the trenches. He understands what a good team looks like and exactly. how you put it together. Like everybody was kind of scratching their head at letting uh, Matt Duchesne go. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was the Stasny walking away, Ryan O'Reilly. Like everybody's like, well, look, he's winning cups over here and over there. And. Like Matt Duchesne, like he was good. What what's going on? Of course, there's a, a the the smart fan base of the Avalanche said, "Well, I'm <laughs> glad to see them go because they know." And like Grubauer walking away, mm-hmm. um, like why didn't they go pay for Grubauer? They won a Stanley Cup. Yeah, it was the best September. thing that could have happened. Yeah. So you you gotta yes, it's it's I can't believe Debrinket's gone. You have to believe in the future because that's true all the past that you're trying to pull back is not going to get you going anywhere forward. That's true. And, and the one, the one saving grace too, is like, you know what? Stan Bowman is not anywhere near this organization anymore. I, I, I personally could not stand him from the yeah. get go. Uh, I mean, that's just me. Um, you know, the way he came in, there was, you know, a little bit of, it seemed like they were trying to make Dale Talon the scapegoat with yeah. offer sheets and issues with that. And, you know, Scotty Bowman, who I can appreciate. I remember as a kid watching him just win year after year with yeah. the Red Wings. And I can appreciate that. But then when they brought him as an, brought him in as an advisor, it just it was kind of a weird vibe from yeah. the get go for me. So, you know, I'm willing to give um, is it Davidson. I'm willing to give him, the, you know, the, the benefit of the doubt. I mean, like you said, they, they are committed to this because yesterday in, in today's draft, like they were picking up guys and and then to get peter mrazic like uh, that's fine i'm fine with him as goalie that'll get you there that'll get you there because it'll get you where you're going kevin lankening you know he had a great rookie year and then after he got about like 50 games in the wheels started to come off and then last last season with him and flurry and in suban for a little bit of time there in the beginning before he got traded it was just kind of all over the place so you know, I, I feel bad for him. He's going to get a lot of shots uh, yeah. just because I don't know how their defense is going to be. But, um, but yeah, it'll, it, it'll be exciting. It'll be that kind of unknown situation. And honestly, as a kid growing up, I never thought I'd see one Stanley Cup in Chicago, let alone yeah. three. So, um, you know, I have that to look back fondly on, too. Yeah, and it's one of those I, I know Blackhawks fans that have jumped off the mm-hmm. team because of everything that's gone on. This is a good way for the fans to take back ownership of your team. Like, we went through this, we cleaned house yeah. and you hold your team accountable. Exactly. Like, like you kind of got comfy. You mm-hmm. got complacent. Yep. Um, this is where as a fan, you can be more accountable, be a little bit louder. Um, yeah. like 
stick through it and clean your team up. Like take yeah. ownership and pride of your team. So, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to, I'm not going to keep you here all night, my friend. This is, it's been a wonderful conversation. Justin, Definitely. Like, thank you very you, much. You've been the best. Tell everybody, uh, all the listeners of here in Puckberg, how they could find you and your show. Sure. So yeah, if you are interested in uh, baseball, but we also talk about the other sports as well. And I try and sneak some hockey talk into when the, when the time comes, but uh, yeah, we do baseball and whatever. That's why it's called that. Uh, the second, first half of the show is all baseball talk. Second half is pop culture, video games, TV, movies, we were really big into making top five lists, so we'll pick a random topic. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we did like top five songs of the 1990s because we're all mm. 90s kids. Uh, we've done, you know, favorite PS1 games, and, and we've had interviews. We had uh, Jason Kendall, former Pittsburgh Pirate, on a couple oh, of months yeah. ago. I still don't know. Growing up watching him play against the Cubs, uh, being a huge Cubs fan, it still blew my mind that like. He was texting me, and I'm like, what What even is my life right now? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so if you want to reach out to us, we're on Twitter, at Baseball and What. You can just search for our show on any podcast app, Baseball and Whatever, uh, YouTube.com slash Baseball and Whatever. We have all of our video versions of our stuff. Um, you can email us at uh, Baseball and Whatever at gmail.com and uh, let us know what you think. And uh, if you got any ideas for a whatever topic, we're always open to them. It, it's been – we're on 61 episodes, so it's been getting progressively harder to think of a new topic every week after 61 weeks but uh we're still hanging in there so been in brendan fraser movies oh uh bedazzled i don't know the mummy that's that's the first two that pop into my mind so encino man <laughs> there you go there you go but yeah no so that's that's the best place to find us it's it's literally just it's, it's a show of me and my two brother-in-laws and uh you know it's just like we're sitting around talking sports and complaining about our teams and then uh shifting gears to something fun because baseball can be really upsetting sometimes much like hockey when your team's not doing well so ironically enough i'm a Braves fan so what wow. a year it is for me yeah <laughs> man you are rolling you're you're riding high between the world series win and the stanley cup championship that's so. uh the famine to get here oh yeah Ugh. It's oh, those 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 '90s Brave teams. I remember them just, you know. Well, the Cubs the Cubs are always awful for the most part, but uh, oh man, Maddox and Clavin and uh, Chipper else? Andrew. Smoltz. Yep, the Jones brothers and you know Javi yeah. Lopez. You oh, had God, yeah, Raphael for call in yep. the one years. Yeah, um, Andres Galarraga. Oh yeah, cat. big cat. Yep, Gary yep. Sheffield and Wright. Um, yeah, we had both the Uptons and yeah, the that's 2010s. right. That's right. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, that's oh god, that's yeah those '90s based '90s sports in general is my wheelhouse because that's when I got into all that. But uh, yeah, oh so... man, we could have a whole other show about <laughs> '90s baseball. Uh, my co-host over on uh, uh, Locked On Avalanche, Chris Maselli, he has a Delano De Shields jersey. Wow, that's so, a deep cut right there. That's awesome. That so, is incredible. We wow. talk yeah '90s baseball. That's where it's at. Ken Griffey <laughs> Jr. Yes. winning run, one of the best games. Spot on. One of the best spot on but so. justin thank you so much for coming on here in puckberg and to everyone listening thank you so much for uh joining us and if you have come over from the baseball whatever side if you want to follow the show on twitter it's h puckberg on twitter here underscore n underscore puckberg on instagram you can follow us on youtube where we are right now if you're listening you could see me and justin talking <laughs> i'm wearing a d1 mighty uh, ducks jersey so i paid eight dollars for it nice but, um, I would like to thank everybody for coming by and listening. Please go support and follow Justin and all the incredible work they're doing over there. And we will wrap up the episode by dedicating this whole episode to people. 
Peepo, live on, Overblood. Oh, God. I'm waiting for my PS5 Overblood remake, so we'll see what happens. I have the PS1 version of Overblood. I have the physical copy. I cannot find Overblood 2 when I do. That might be for the best. That Oh, man, that game's rough. <laughs> oh, I want to I want to get my hands on the game so bad. But, but again, again, before we go into Overblood talk, thank you, everybody, for listening. And we will see you next week here in Puckburg.